is the Storymobile podcast. We are a solar-powered moving art space that travels to events and through neighborhoods to collect your stories. The St. Paul Almanac book was created in 2005 and has since been released annually. The goal is to bring together the diverse community of St. Paul through literary arts. The Almanac is a meeting place for sharing stories and artwork of our community. This year, the St. Paul Almanac released their 11th volume, On a Collected Path. As part of a reading festival, authors have gathered at various venues throughout St. Paul to read their fabulous work. On Wednesday, May 10th, readers gathered at the East Side Freedom Library to read their pieces from St. Paul Almanac's Volume 11, On a Collected Path. Our next reader is Adelinda Estrada. She drives a motorcycle, as old as she is, and she has a dog named Batman and a daughter that has more energy than all three put together. (laughs) She works as a school-based therapist and writes to remind herself that the healing lies in the stories we hold. Welcome, Adelinda. You guys are gonna be patient with me if if you may, because I have a really sore throat courtesy of my daughter's preschool sharing. (laughs) Sure. Um, So um, uh, this story that I'm gonna read happened a few years ago. Um, I met the man um, who's the subject of the story in a St. Paul building, legal building downtown. Um, I can't give too many details, but um, I do recall that this man is someone that you would walk um, pass by on the street and probably ignore or have some negative judgments about, probably someone that you would assume would be homeless or something. So it really gets me wondering all the stories that people walk around with and we just kind of you know, don't even think twice sometimes, especially in their morning commutes. <clears throat> I met a man once. Uh, the details and circumstances under which I met him are vague. It is a story that I cannot forget. He was from a country he could not go back to and had come to America in hopes that he could start anew and leave the past behind. But the past had followed him. Despite moving um, several times around the United States, He just could not shake it away. He fell into a hole of drug addiction and had a very difficult time getting out. He said he needed to erase the memories, one memory in particular, which he called the day my life ended. He had just graduated from high school, he recalled, and was set for a summer vacation. His family was a good family. He made sure to tell me this. He described his father as a military man with good values and he wanted to follow in his footsteps. His mother was a nurturing woman, and his siblings were both loving and playful. They were good people, he said. Nothing messed up about them, he reiterated. Nothing that would have predicted the direction his life had headed. I think that's what he meant. His hazel eyes were far past the, looked, went far past the room's walls as he talked about the small plantation his family owned. He called it his good, normal life. His trajectory was set for success. Nothing could foresee the night that ended his life, as he described it. He went to a party that evening with his sweetheart and his friends. He felt young, hopeful, in love, and thought nothing of it. He sighed deeply at this point and laughed, as if he had told a joke only the universe found funny. 
That night, he stopped and swallowed. He came home to the sound of his mother screaming. He ran inside the house. I cried because I remember the story so well. Um, and found a man trying to assault her. And I had to leave some details up, but it was very powerful. As he recounted a horrific scene, he looked at me and almost passed me as if trying to make some sense of what happened. He grabbed the object closest to the door, a large machete for cutting branches, and headed towards the man. All he wanted to do was stop the attack. That's all he wanted to do. He ended up cutting the man's arms off. He said he got lost in his rage, and the actions he took certainly stopped the attack, though they would haunt everyone involved forever. He ran to pick up his weeping mother. They called the police and paramedics, though surprisingly, the attacker survived. He himself ended up getting five years in prison for his actions. I died that day, he said. He told me about the circumstances of his trial, about how the five years eventually turned to 10 in a third world prison after getting time added on to his sentence. I was young and handsome, he admitted. Some men had been in there for over 40 years. I suppose the imagination was um, all he could give me. He said those 10 years beat him deader than he already was. He shrugged his shoulders and smiled forcibly, maybe attempting to ease my discomfort or because all he could do was accept his fate, even if he could not make any sense of it. As he told his story, I saw tears well up and run down the crevices of his many wrinkles. He pinched the corners of his eyes with broad and beaten hands. There was a rough kindness to him as he cried silently. It was evident that this man held hate and hope unlike most people I had ever met. Hate, the purposeful cause and reaction to most suffering, and hope because it is irrational, infinite, and sometimes the only glue that keeps us together in one piece. He held them both. We somehow finished this heavy conversation with small talk about the adopted children he had rescued from the streets and raised as his own. He asked me about my daughter and told me to love every moment, good and bad, that she would give me. They're all we got for our future, he said. This was not how I expected to part from this interaction. And yet, he bid me a good day and walked away. When I stepped outside, the world had a different color. A shade of dark, um, a shade of light green and brown like his eyes. My heart felt stopped, as if at a standstill between sadness, anger, and gratitude. His story had impacted me, and I could not figure out why. But I remember that as he spoke, I felt indescribably connected to him. He was my brother, my father, maybe even me if my cards had been dealt differently. He was everyone trying to survive and not lose humanity at the same time. I felt my heart pounding again, one beat for hate and one beat for hope. To hear more stories, learn more about Storymobile, and to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org.